from Penn State's Center for Human Evolution and Diversity, this is Tracking Traits. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Tracking Traits podcast. My name is Nina Jablonski and I'm the co-director of CHED, the Center for Human Evolution and Diversity at Penn State University. And I'm Mark Shriver, the other co-director of CHED at Penn State. Welcome to the podcast. The idea behind this project is to give our undergraduate students a chance to interview scientists here at the university who are engaged in exciting, novel research projects that forge new pathways to understanding human evolution. All of these scientists, including Nina and me, have something in common. All of us have a passion for this subject that gives our podcast its name. We love to track down the evolutionary drivers of the incredibly diverse and interesting traits exhibited by our fellow human beings. And by ourselves, for that matter. Yes, indeed, and ourselves. Our hope is that by sharing that passion with our colleagues and our students, we might be able to open things up and share that passion with you, the listeners, as well. That's the goal. And so, in this first introductory episode, Mark and I are interviewed about CHED, how it came to be, what it's all about, and what we're trying to do with it. Our interviewer in this first episode is Amy Mook, a recent graduate of Penn State's Genetics and Developmental Biology program. Amy actually worked in my lab, assisting with DNA extractions for the ADAPT-4 study, and also completed an independent research project based on the extraction of DNA from strawberries. Amy did an outstanding job interviewing the two of us, the original Ched heads, and is exactly the kind of student that keeps our passion for science going, because she's got it too, just like all the students involved in this new podcast. Yes, the future of science is looking bright, with all these great young scientists coming up to take things forward into the future. So without further ado, Here's our conversation with Amy Mook. Well, good morning, Nina and Mark. It's so great to sit down with both of you today to talk a little bit more about CHED. I know that maybe some people at Penn State are aware of what CHED is, but Nina, could you get us started with explaining to us what is CHED and also what CHED stands for? CHED is the Center for Human Evolution and Diversity at Penn State. We started this center about seven years ago, and our goal was to really bring together people who are interested in studying human evolution and diversity from new perspectives, multi- and transdisciplinary perspectives. Penn State is really good at getting people together in virtual organizations. Most centers at Penn State, in fact, are virtual centers. We don't live in a bricks and mortar uh, uh, building. But we have a virtual sort of coalition of people who share a philosophy about how we can go about looking at a set of phenomena from new perspectives. And so basically, we are sort of a crucible for people to come together and think about and study human evolution and physical diversity from new perspectives. I love that. I think that what I'm gathering is that a lot of the reason why Chad was created to was to to bring people together. And 
Mark, I would want to hear, I obviously I wasn't in those initial meetings to create Shed, but thinking about what was that main reason? Was it to bring people together? What was what was the need for creating Shed? I think in um, in anthropology, we're, we're really familiar with uh, synthetic work. So working across different disciplines and, you know, being technically expert in something, but keeping in mind the big picture and... Uh, um, and we thought we could help facilitate this, you know, people finding new collaborators and new approaches that are combining different areas of expertise. So our uh, one of our goals throughout has been that the proposals that come to us have to be uh, multidisciplinary and have to span different colleges, different departments and that sort of thing to help encourage people to to find new collaborators and find new ways to to address these these really old questions that uh, we, we still we're still very interested in. Why the two of you? Why were you great facilitators for creating this center? And maybe you could both speak on this. Um, Mark, if you wanted to talk a bit more about how your expertise plays into the center. Both of our interests separately developed into um recent human evolution. So, um, you know, it's not the only thing that, that Nina and I study, but that's one of the things that we really share and had shared before we even met when Nina joined the department. Looking at recent human evolution and especially, you know, with a, with a open, a more open mind as to what we could study and what's, what's worth studying. Um, uh, sometimes sensitive issues. But, you know, in dealing with that, especially with anthropological colleagues, you know, we have this this broader perspective that includes, um, you know, culture and um, trying to help people. You know, the things we discover can really uh, uh, help to promote a better understanding of Diversity, tense that's in our name, you know, diversity across populations, diversity across uh, uh, the sexes. And, um, you know, we really thought we could uh, help establish a, a framework for people to, uh, you know, to, to do more better work in those areas. And just to add to that, uh, I think what has been really interesting for me and for Mark has been that our own research programs have really benefited from this perspective. We met actually back in 2006 when we were both in the heat of some original research of our own into the evolution of human skin pigmentation. And I think anyone who studies this area recognizes that it has to be studied from a variety of perspectives in order for it to make sense. And then it's one of these important phenomena in human physical diversity that everybody is interested in and has terrific impacts on our health and social well-being. And so we, as individual researchers, had to become more multidisciplinary in our perspective. So I think the fact that we as individual scientists had to broaden our horizons in order to do our research work competently really brought home to us the importance of instilling this perspective in as many people as we could. And we knew that Penn State would be interested in doing this from its basis of institutional collaboration. 
So the both of you are involved here at Penn State, but we know Penn State is a huge place. So how did the two of you come together? I know you have such great expertise that plays into Chad, but how did the two of you even make that connection to to start this center? Well, I can start out on that because I know back in 2012, when we got the first inkling of, of wanting to start this center, I realized that, that this was something that I didn't want to do on my own and that so much of what was going on in the study of human evolution and human diversity was going on in the genetic and genomic space. And I knew that, although I was aware of this, this research, that I wasn't doing research there myself. But my treasured colleague, Mark Shriver, with whom I had a really good relationship at that time, was doing research in that space. And I thought this would be just something really good to start and work on with Mark. And so basically, since the center has had its own identity, Mark and I have been co-directors because we really represent between ourselves much of the diversity that we seek to instill in others and other teams. Mark, that's quite a compliment she's throwing at you there. She was seeking you out to help her out. But do you want to also elaborate on on how that kind of morphed into you to Ched? I guess we'd known each other maybe 10 years before that. Um, I know Te- Nina and I started um, uh, uh, corresponding because we were some of the few people interested in human pigmentation and really getting to the genetics and the evolution of that. So we had uh, a longstanding relationship around uh, science and and then personally when Nina joined the department. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, it is an, an awesome time to be doing this kind of work. There's so many technological breakthroughs and tools on the anatomical side, you know, studying physiology, you have these, these remote sensors that are just uh, like a band-aid patch you put on and can measure, you know, lots of things throughout the day. And then, and then the genomic side, you know, it's really not a question anymore. Can we get the, the, the sequence data? It's really, you know, what's an, what's interesting sequence data to get? And how do you, how do you look for genes and, and explore their histories? And, and there's a lot of people at Penn State working on this, a lot of, a lot of experts. So we knew them and we figured, you know, maybe we can uh, do something good, introduce people to each other. Also, this is a great way to get to know the administration of the university and to really see how things work behind the um, behind the veil. Uh, and uh, that's that's useful, practical information, useful for our trainees to learn about how institutes function. So, you know, really um, all of those things were, were part of, of the the interest I had in working with Nina on on really building this up. Um, at, that, at, at that time, too, I had recently come back from Morehouse College. I spent a year there. And, um, you know, I, I've always been interested in, in, in race issues and, and how genetics, uh, reflects on, uh, you know, our societal misunderstandings of, of these and what anthropology can do to, to help us correct that. Um, I think, uh, that's been a central theme that Nina and I have, have shared that, you know, we wanted to bring out in, in some of, uh, the CHED projects that we're in, involved with. 
it's great to hear that Chad really does have a good home at Penn State in creating that collaboration among so many people across the university. So when thinking about that a bit more specifically, Nina, if you could elaborate on some of those roles that the center currently plays and what kind of research does it support? We set out a call for proposals in the fall of every academic year for innovative pilot research projects. We really want to get people who are interested in starting something new or starting a new branch of an existing program. And as Mark alluded to a little while ago, what we encourage is individual investigators to team up with people often who they wouldn't have teamed up with before from entirely different colleges who might bring something completely different to the table. Let's say an anatomist who may want to work with an engineer or someone in uh, in computer programming in order to better understand a phenomenon under investigation. So what we do is we we create a request for proposals that basically puts it out there, hey, what about doing research in an integrative way on a particular broad theme in human evolution and the origin of human diversity? We usually keep our requests very broad in the hope that we will a sort of catalyze as many interesting proposals and ideas as possible. And we have gotten just some great ones because we have terrific creative faculty out there. I'll add to um, what Nina was saying about our calls for applications. Those uh, uh, generally include um, the requirement that an undergraduate student be involved in the project and that they, they can get $5,000 extra funding if they do that. You know, that's a, a, a nice uh, bit of money for summer work for an undergraduate student. So, you know, we're really trying to extend this as broadly as possible because the future scientists matter even more than the current scientists. <laughs> There's many more future scientists, we hope. And um, that's, that's, you know, part of our plan is really to make this an outreach so that people can learn from what we find fascinating and the kinds of work that we, you know, spend our, our days and nights and weekends doing, <laughs> as, as you know, Amy, from working in the lab. So you're really bringing attention and support to so many cool research initiatives and also sparking some really great ideas when people do see kind of that broadcasting, um, looking for research similar to this. So Mark, if you could elaborate, we're sitting down here now recording a podcast series and y'all are bringing in some people to do some research. So what is that connection there? What are you hoping to get out of this podcast series or hoping for the audience to get out of this? Part of uh, working in science is actually um, reporting your science and making it available for others to critique formally, but also informally. You know, you're, you're not really happening unless you're part of society and part of the what's what's going on. You know, so so um, making sure people know what we're doing and um, can um, learn from that and maybe uh, contribute to that in some way um, uh, is is really one of our central goals. 
I think this is one of the most interesting aspects of CHED is that we do research on human evolution and diversity, and we don't choose to look at specifically sort of sensitive and pejorative topics, but we look at topics that people have been interested in and that are socially important. And part of the research is figuring out how to talk about this, how to have constructive and deep conversations about difficult topics with people from all walks of life, including young people. So I think this is really good for us as scientists. It's great training, especially for young scientists and graduate students, because they learn not only the technical background of doing the science, but also the importance of how to speak about it. Obviously, I'm a STEM student and also work in Dr. Mark Shriver's lab, so I may be a bit biased and have some interests in all these topics that we're going to be discussing. But from what I've gathered, the audience isn't just STEM students. So, Nina, could you talk a bit more about the broad idea of who is the audience of this podcast? Well, we really hope that it will be a wide variety of people, especially young people, because we really want to to put a face to science. Even though you can't see us, you'll be able to hear our voices and our excitement about the science that we do. Through these podcasts, we'll not only talk about the science that we're doing, but we'll talk about who we are and how we got interested in this. And what I really hope is that more young students and, you know, middle school, high school students will listen to this and say, hey, yeah, I'm interested in stuff too, and I can do this too. They will feel empowered to to think about, well, I can do this. I can be a scientist. And in fact, they can. So this is all about not only the science, but the personal stories of the scientists and how they got involved in this enterprise. And I think To me, one of the most important messages is to drive home that this isn't a job. This is a really interesting way of life. It's an interesting way of looking at the world. And it's really compelling and fun. And it's a great way to contribute to the world. I think that's such a unique way to put it, that it is a way of life. I think I've been able to have a glimpse of the research life a bit as an undergrad. And also, going back to your comments about who you hope the audience to be. I think that that's really important to emphasize is that we're not going to be sitting down with a bunch of researchers and having them tell us every single detail of what they do. But I think what's been most interesting to me in having conversations with these individuals is, why did you do this? Like, what what are your interests? How did you even get here? And I think everybody has such a unique perspective to share, which is really exciting. I think that's a, that's an important part of our program here is hearing from the people as people, you know, about their lives and how, how they developed a curiosity. When did that happen? And then when did they see it was, it was going in a good direction that they could build a career on? And, you know, who did they reach out to as mentors? So that, that whole kind of personal history is, um, is important and interesting. You know, it's, it's the biography. It's also something maybe students can 
turn to and reflect on and, and just learn about. I don't think there's enough of these, you know, science stories, how you got interested in science out there from, from scientists. So I think that's going to be a, a, a really uh, um, interesting part of this and probably useful to students. Obviously, we're going to get to speak to both of you um, more individually, but could you give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what we're going to hear about in future podcasts? We actually have a roster of really diverse speakers and topics for our first podcast series, you know, from people who have studied the evolution of temperature regulation in human skin from really innovative perspectives to people who have who have investigated the evolution of bitter taste testing and and why bitter taste might be related to eating particular kinds of vegetables. Our podcast topics will span the entire range of the of the kinds of research that we support from from human genetics and population genetics to studies of anatomy and functional anatomy and physiology to studies of perception so i think this is going to be a real tour of in a sense modern human biology yeah, one one I would add add to that list is also behavior, you know, perceptions and cognition and behavior. You know, those are also very sensitive topics because people, you know, generalize and stereotype. But they're also, you know, ultimately controlled by our evolutionary trajectories and, um, you know, specifically controlled by the effects of individual genes and the environment environmental experiences and exposures. I'm lucky I've been able to see behind the scenes what our lineup here is, but I think you're making a great point that there are so many researchers using such advanced technologies and new ideas, and we're going to get the opportunity to hear from many different people, and including the two of you, both as anthropologists. But I think also on our lineup are, are people outside of anthropology and they're talking about their collaborations with people across the university and beyond as well. So I think that um, that that plays really well into talking about Chad is collaborations go beyond anthropology, but also you two were able to to really find each other within the department and create something great out of that friendship that you already had. And also we've we've recognized that while many researchers don't see themselves as being anthropologists or evolutionary biologists, that almost all of them are interested in the human dimension or evolutionary context of their research. And so when we sort of force their hand to, to think about this more through a multidisciplinary project, they really enjoy it and they grow themselves. And so for us, this is, it's, it's a lot of fun, but also we see other researchers really broadening their own sort of internal perspective. And this is great for science. We have so many different and interesting things that are going to be covered in this podcast series. So I'm sure the audience can likely find a podcast or two that they're definitely more interested in. But I think that that broad array of topics really speaks to the mission of Chad itself. And I know that you, Nina, you shared that Chad's been around for seven years now. But where do you both see Chad going? What are some of those future goals? Mark, if you wanted to get us started on on where you see Chad going in the near future. 
Well, this this year we we took a break to have these uh, to focus on the podcast series and really get that going. So I think that's an important step is really working on our outreach and and you know our our, our social presence to allow people to you know benefit directly from from what it is that we've been doing. Uh, we we also uh, had our first um, Darwin Day celebration with. Um, an invited speaker. Um, and, uh, that was, that was excellent. So we want to, you know, engage, um, the, the community here and also online with these sorts of outreach activities while still focusing on the basic research. And, um, I think we've been very successful in helping, um, people get larger projects started, you know, several funded projects with external money from NIH and NSF, the NIJ have been funded through work that they started um, uh, with our grants. So I really like to see that continue. Um, uh, the reaching out to undergrads is great. And then also just the outreach in general so that, you know, we can have some of these broader conversations. Cause as Nina was saying, you know, there are sensitivities around human biological diversity. All of these, these contrasting deep um, themes run through the kind of work that we're that we're supporting and 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 trying to get going here. So I really, you know, think there's a bright future and uh, in in specifically these kinds of areas. And I would just add to the that excellent overview that Mark gave by saying that we really hope that our continued support of these uh, small research projects will encourage people to take risks. Some of our research projects have been phenomenally successful and have gone on. Others have not, but that's okay. You know, science is all about exploration and making mistakes. And sometimes the risks that we take, the hypothesis that we make, are not good and they're proven to be, you know, misle misleading or incorrect. And that's fine. But we want to encourage people to just try it. You know, the old expression about breaking eggs in order to make an omelet. It's really true. We hope to explore some new avenues of scientific work and then really push the frontiers of what is possible, especially as we move forward in advanced methods of studying the human genome and its relation to the environment and behavior. Well, thank you both so much for taking some time to introduce us all to what Chet is and what we're going to see in some of the upcoming podcasts. I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to know both of you and to be involved as an undergraduate student. I know that my my fellow undergrads that are completing these podcasts with us would also agree that it's a great opportunity to learn from these researchers, learn about their lives, create those relationships. So really lucky to have this opportunity and looking forward to, to hearing the rest of our podcast series develop. Thank you very much, Amy, for taking the time. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from other scientists and just enjoying this ride along with all of our listeners. Thanks, Amy. You'd done an excellent job interviewing and uh, really look forward to hearing the other podcasts.
Tracking Traits is a production of Penn State's Center for Human Evolution and Diversity. Our producer, audio engineer, and musical theme composer is Cole Hans, and our logo was designed by Michael Trebone of M. Trebone Designs. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe through your favorite app and help us reach more people by sharing it with others and rating us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media and learn more about CHED and all of our interviewers and guests at our website, CHED. That's C-H-E-D dot L-A dot P-S-U dot E-D-U.